Hello and welcome to How Much for a Sleeve, a podcast about tattooing hosted by, on this occasion, just an actual knob. We've had some really sad news that Lucy's sister has passed away this week, so we are dedicating this episode to her. So Suzanne, this one's for you, mate. Um, Obviously, Lucy's got more important things to do than come online and talk to me about being bald and stuff. So she has said uh, a couple of words, though, so she just wants to let everyone who sent us some kind messages and has been asking how she is. She wants to say a big thank you to everyone, so nice one. Thanks for that. And she also wanted to say willies. So we'll crack straight on with today's episode. A lovely fella called Yellasus. He uh, is really cool artist. We talk about a load of stuff, which is interesting when we're so far deep into the show that we talk about stuff we haven't t- talked about before. So that's really nice. So I hope you enjoy it and hope you uh, appreciate why there's no introduction today. So uh, without further ado, this is episode 47 of How Much for a Sleeve with Yellow Seuss. This is Good Time Charlie and you're listening to How Much for a Sleeve. This week we are joined by Yellow Seuss. Hello. Hiya. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not so bad. Better than Mick, who's got us all willy. Yeah, um, just... but it's a weekly thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got my. No, oh, forget it. I haven't got a sore willy. I, I've got a. I've got a bad. I've got bad leg. I done my leg in, done I? Right. So then I fucking forget. So I just tried to cross my legs and um, hurt myself. And Lucy found it funny and then said it was my dick because she's a child. <laughs> the moment that Yella joined, um, Mick was <laughs> pulling a face of pain. And I, the only way I know how to cope with some things is just to make it, try and make it funny. <laughs> and it doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> just bring it back to dick. Uh, well, we all hurt ourselves when we cross our legs anyway. So. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't have a willy, so it doesn't hurt me. <laughs> I does get in the way sometimes. You do get sometimes your tits get caught in them though, so. (laughs) (laughs) I love how quickly this has happened as well. We've gone straight in and we've never met. Um, (laughs) So I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ellen. (laughs) Well, that's very promising for the rest of the talk. We'll uh, see how that goes. Yeah, we've set a precedent now. Yeah. If in doubt, talk about Willie's is my philosophy. Yeah, I mean, it's easy. Doesn't always work at the schoolyard, though, does it? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm your daughter's new new, new teacher. Um, what's the biggest dick you've ever seen? No, get out. <laughs> get out. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. What's the smallest? <laughs> the smallest. <laughs> Um, we won't go there. I mean, it's pretty small. Um, mm-hmm. but you know. Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, have you been tattooed anyway. today? Yeah. I I have been tattooing today. I've uh, I've only had a short day of tattooing. I started late, so I've had a lot of day to just chill out, do stuff for myself, and then a bit of tattooing. And now this. <laughs> the highlight. <laughs> yeah. Um I see that you're working at a private studio. Are you just there by yourself? Whereabouts is it? Uh it's in North London in Stoke Newington. Um one of my mates, Luca Ortis, very talented guy, does a lot of Japanese work, only does Japanese work really. Um he's been here for a while. Um and when I decided to make a change, he basically offered me to come and join him. So I just sublet off him and we just have our own studios, but within the same building, which is a nice amount of private with still a bit of interaction. And without the multiple tattoos in a single room, which is quite soothing. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a good mix. Um, Our pal Lol Harder has mentioned Luca before and said that we should totally... Um, get them on so you'll have to put yeah. in a good word for us yeah definitely I I've definitely will he'll be seen his that. tattoos and they are really nice they're very good yeah very <laughs> happy to have myself as well so how did you get into tattoo and how did you end up here um got 
I, I guess kind of the standard early 2000s story of I was just spending all my time in tattoo studios, spending all my money on tattoos, <laughs> annoying everyone with questions and <laughs> in the end just got a chance. Just went for it, never stopped. Awesome. Uh, Is that in London? Where you, have you been tattooing in London always? Um, so I started in the Netherlands in 2005, I think. Yeah, 2005, um, in a place called Maastricht. Um, spent a couple months there. It wasn't really my kind of place, but I'd been told to just use it as a stepping stone and wait for the next opportunity and move on, which I did. Um, was that an apprenticeship? Uh, I never really had a formal apprenticeship. Um, I was quite literally given a tattoo machine, a coffee table, and a customer wow. from day one. Um, a coffee so table. I, I was kind of, I was, I was definitely chucked into the deep end straight away. Um, the guy I worked with, he had been tattooing for a long time. He'd had his own shop, and then got rid of that. Started working for the guy that owned this shop. Um, really nice guy. Um, but still, I think it was mostly the owner I wasn't really vibing with, so just decided to to make a move after, I don't know, I think it was like four months or something. Um, someone else offered me a job and just kind of went there, spent the next few years there. When was... did he... Sorry. No, what, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, when did you decide to move over to London? Um, God, that's even longer ago. Uh, well, not longer ago. That's not that long ago. Um, so I spent a good few years in Holland. Then I spent a few years traveling around Europe. Then I spent a couple of years traveling around Europe, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, met a British girl. Decided we didn't want to do long distance and found a place that we could live together, which was in Swansea. We both had friends there. I'd already done guest spots over there. So I ended up there for about five years and then moved on to London. And I've been here for about five and a half years now. It must be, I've not actually been to Swansea to be honest, but I imagine it to be like a fake sea. I don't you know like uh, tiny it, it is well tiny might not be the word I think it's about the same size as Brighton roughly it's okay. not that much different um got a big not university as wealthy as Brighton though sorry there's a big university in Swansea isn't there there is a big university there yeah so there's a lot of students there's a lot going on on the weekends um I just found it a really nice place to live because the work-life balance is really good um you don't really make a lot of money there but you need even less so even on the smallest income you'll have a lot of exposable income um which you don't actually use to entertain yourself because you're by the beach you've got the mountains the rivers yeah. the lakes you've got everything there which is beautiful it's quite amazing to be honest swansea itself the city itself i mean i'm not gonna lie it's a bit of a shithole <laughs> <laughs> But, like, the surrounding area is really beautiful. I've always been a big fan. I think Wales is well fit in general. My, oh, yeah. I think it's, there's places there. It's like, like you say, you're being somewhere like Swansea and then you can go, like, 10 or 15 miles and you feel like you're in a different country completely. Definitely. Like, away from yeah. that co concrete, quite poor, uh, like you say, run down, bit of a shithole, and then suddenly you're you're either in mountains or at a lake that you would pay hundreds of pounds to get to, but you can, you can just jump in a taxi. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much like that. I, I really enjoyed my time there. So I was there for a good four or five years as well. I think, um, yeah, I was just outside of tattooing. I was more focused on not really working all the time. But actually having things outside of work and keeping it quite quite healthy as a balance. Mm. I was riding bikes there, I was doing a lot of fishing, um, going to the sea, 
all the time, seeing all the beaches. It's it's a pretty good life there. Sounds Have it. you lost that work-life balance by coming back to London? Does it just suck it out of you? It it does. It does and it doesn't. Um, I initially thought when I moved to London that I was going to have a bad time here um, life-wise because I wasn't going to be able to do all these things that I was used to, like going to the beach and just having loads of time off and all that kind of stuff. But I've kind of come to realise by moving to London that your life is kind of what you choose it to be. Because yeah. by the time I lived in London, I would still have the exact life I had in Swansea, minus the beaches. <laughs> like I still just went to work in the morning, had a good day at work, enjoyed myself with colleagues and customers, do fun tattoos, and then just go home, cook a nice meal, sit on the sofa, <laughs> do some stuff for myself. And it wasn't all that different except for the landscape. Yeah, I don't so think. So can... I think. So to butt in there, I say I don't think you can put a that bit of having a nice time at work. If you have yeah. a nice time at work, everything else is all right. Nine times uh, out yeah. of ten. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's for the most part. That's why I'm not craving that much of a social life because I actually get a lot of that yeah. out of what I do for a living. If it's not with colleagues, it's with customers. It's just nice to have an actual good time and just, yeah, kind of have that part of your life already satisfied in the hours that you're doing your job. And then outside of that, it's just yours. You can choose to do with it whatever you want. If you want to see more people, go see more people. If you just want to chill out and be lazy on the sofa, you can do exactly that and still not feel like you've missed out on anything. When we came back from lockdown, I cut my hours down so that I only worked four days and I thought that I'd have like loads more free time to do fun things. And I do do a lot, but I'm just such a busy person that I managed to cram in something into every hour of the day. And I think, man, I've got to work less. And it gets to the point like, I mean, <laughs> I can't, surely I can't survive on three days a week. That's ridiculous. This is not an adult life like only working three days a week because I want to lull for the rest of the time but it's the dream <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm sure you could if you wanted to it just depends on how you feel those three days yeah that's you know? it how much you charge like, I guess. I've, yeah I've, I've done it for a while where I kind of didn't want to work five days a week anymore so I crammed five days of work into four days just worked slightly longer days still had the same income and an extra day off but then in the end, if you really just want to have more time to yourself, just need to work less, not make it busier in the time that you are working. <laughs> That's so. it, because you, you still have the same amount of drawing to do. Yeah. And the prep work and the admin and everything. But that that yeah, is how definitely. I'm sort of trying to work it at the moment is work longer days, but fewer. And um, yeah. yeah, still a lot of homework. Yeah, I mean... There is a lot of that. Like I've I've changed the way I work quite a lot over the years. I don't take my work home. Like there's nothing tattoo related in my house anymore. That's just wow. when I'm home, it's it's my own time. Uh, but I just kind of gauge how much time I need for the prep. And if it's four hours and I start at eleven in the morning, I'll be in the studio at seven. Basically, right. that's that's how I tend to do it. Wow. And it still feels pretty, pretty relaxing because tattooing itself, being with the customers, doing the actual application of the tattoos has never felt like work, felt like work to me. For me, it's just always the, the prep and the admin and the drawing and everything that comes with it. Social media, all the stuff I'd rather not have to do, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's that's such a good idea I'm immediately implementing that in my head <laughs> like thinking okay I'm gonna start work at seven tomorrow and go in and do my drawing because it's like a constant do you find that it's just constantly weighing on your mind you're like what am I I have to plan time to do this drawing for the rest of the week or like I've got this drawing to do or I've got emails to do and even when I'm at home I, I it's just I, I feel guilty for not doing it so if you've got a clear yeah. boundary there you're like I'm at home yeah. I'm not working yeah exactly so that, that boundary definitely does that. It takes away all the guilt from it. 
But also, I kind of noticed over the years that if I was doing my drawings in the evening, I'd already be creatively exhausted by the time I finished tattooing because I put all my creativity in actually in the outcome of the tattoo. And by the time I'd come home and I'd have to draw for the next day, I would just have no creative energy. And a drawing that I do in like 30 minutes in the morning would take me like three hours. And it just felt like such a complete waste of time. Because in the end, the result's the same. The only thing that I do is when I've got bigger work on, like a, I don't know, like a chest piece or front piece, back piece, anything that kind of size. I just do like a really rough preliminary sketch in the evening. I give myself about 20 minutes to do that. Just so that I've got a setup. I know where everything's going to go. And then I've already got a picture in my head. And by the time I get back to it in the morning, it literally takes me no time at all. Well, I think that sounds really cool. Like when you've got, if you've if you set those boundaries, set those things up and stick to them. You know, it's like in any, any like creating a habit, that sort of thing. Like you get 20, yeah. what is it? You get 20 days to, to set a habit up and it takes seven to break it. So one of that shit, I don't know what their numbers are. I'll make yeah. them up. But once you're in that routine and it just becomes normal, if someone yeah. like Lucy, because you don't do that, you 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 listen to that and you go, oh, I'd love to do that, but I can't. But I bet you could if yeah. you if you started it. Same with going to the gym or not not having a fucking wee every night. You know, as soon as you do it, that <laughs> yeah, was a, that much. was a beer I held up, but the way sounded a little bit like a sex noise. But it wasn't <laughs> having a, having having a drink every night. You say, oh, you wake up a bit hungover and say, I'm not drinking this week, and then. Yeah you do it for five or six days and suddenly you don't do it and you might not even do it for a month and then you get back into it and it's shit again. So I reckon it's just yeah. about getting into those routines and getting them set and you're away. Yeah, definitely. I did find it really scary in the beginning because it was, I think for like a month or so, it was just like stress every day. Am I going to get my drawings done? Am I going to be finished in time? Am I going to have everything prepped for the day? And I kind of realised after a month that there hadn't been a single day where my design hadn't been finished at least like 15 minutes, half an hour before the customer was there. So I barely ever, unless I actually encounter some sort of problem on the way, I barely ever have a day where when my first customer arrives, I haven't got everything drawn, outlined, stenciled, station set up. So for the most part, Anytime I start working, that's all ready to go. And it's quite it's quite nice. I've had a lot of customers kind of go, oh, you, are we going to start already? And I'd be like, yeah, well, it's all set up. I'm ready to go. So why waste time? <laughs> and they're kind of like, oh, oh, usually they still have to like draw it or like set up or whatever. And that's just never been the case. So I think I kind of stuck to it works for me and it gives me a lot of time in the evenings because my evenings are mine like they're completely mine and there's nothing work related there unless i have to do emails but yeah <laughs> doesn't have to take a lot of time that sounds awesome i i have some friends who i remember being in like a in america I remember being in their shop and um, just popping in to say hey and um, walked into a full weighing room and three the three artists who worked in the shop were all sitting in their drawing room drawing and by this mm -hmm. point it was four o'clock in the afternoon and they were like man this has taken ages and they'd been all been drawing for three hours Whoa. while the customers were sitting upstairs. <laughs> yeah. And, and they charged them for the drawing time as well. Yeah. I mean... To be honest, <laughs> if I could charge for the drawing time, I'd oh, be yeah. insane. Oh my God, like, insane. I would draw for six hours, tattoo for two, charge for eight, and then <laughs> go on my merry way. But I mean, that's, I don't know. I've I've always, if, if there's one thing that I've always been awkward about in 17 years of tattooing, it's charging customers. Because yeah. it's, it's not that I don't value my work, but I always feel like I want to give someone a good deal as well. Like, I always want to give them that little bit more than they're actually paying for, that little bit more than they're expecting. And I just, yeah, I, I couldn't have people just sit there and wait. I would just feel so weighed down 
Oh my god, same. Knowing they're there and just feeling completely guilty about them being bored out of their minds. Because, <laughs> I mean, the, the joy of getting a tattoo is getting a tattoo. I kind of feel if you keep someone waiting for that long, that takes away just like little bits yeah, of joy absolutely. every half hour. And by the time the tattoo actually is actually done, you kind of, that excitement's already a bit, has already gone a bit. Yeah. And I just wouldn't want to do that to anyone. I just want everyone to have like the best possible positive experience of getting a tattoo and leaving happy and everything actually going as I feel it should. Yeah. And they come back if they have a good experience as well, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they did. Or or they they tell their pals and, you know. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like most of my customers are repeat customers. Um, Every now and then I get someone who's not been tattooed by me before. And once they have, they tend to come back as well. So it's it's a nice little cycle. Yeah, you must be doing something right. Because if you if you <laughs> piss people off, they wouldn't come back. Um, I hope. Just, just to go back, something that you said earlier, which I I'm, I was interested in. Um, <laughs> when you were when you were in, I think did you say Maastricht in Holland, when you were having yeah. your, your 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 first first go at it, and you mm-hmm. were chuck, you were basically given a a machine and a and a coffee table what sort of things were you tattooing then was it just walk-ins little names stars and things like that or was it uh, whatever was there a lot of friends at the time sin obviously um but i think yeah i mean pretty much from the from the start whatever came through the door that the other guy didn't want to do that right. would just land on my plate straight away so it's like little things little tribals little names birthdays and stuff like that um yeah, just simple stuff. Luckily. The tattoos in like 2005 are so different to the tattoo, the small little tattoos that get asked to do now. It's oh, like completely. a whole... There's so many different eras of tattooing, even over the, like, yeah. the last 20 years. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everything's Pinterest now. Yeah. Pinterest and Google, Google images, Instagram screenshots and... Yeah. I think I think having all these things at your fingertips has just changed things a lot for what customers actually ask for. Totally. We were saying in the shop of working that we can age somebody based on what tattoos <laughs> they had when they were younger. <laughs> so like yeah. tribal is going to be, I don't know, if you've got a tribal sleeve, they're probably going to be in their 40s. If they've got stars down their back, if they've got like a, a tribal lower back, then maybe like mid to late 30s. If they've got mm. stars down the back of their neck, then yeah, probably similar age. and Or like a <laughs> sleeve of stars and clouds, yeah. then maybe like, yeah, that sort of age. It's, it's funny looking looking yeah. through all the fashions. But now in well, 10 years' time, everyone will be like, oh, I reckon you're about 30 if they've got like a mandala on their elbow or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's pretty accurate to be honest it's uh there's there's definitely been certain trends that stick around for a couple of years and then just get replaced by the next one it was pretty funny what's been your least favorite trend of tattoos that you've had to tolerate <laughs> or um, take part in <laughs> right i i would say the the only tattoos that i've not ever had enjoyment out of doing um it's been like the little splashy watercolory kind of stuff oh yeah um i kind of feel i've i've done a few of them but not to not to sound like a dick but pretty much every customer that's ever asked for something like that has been difficult <laughs> it, yes. it tends it tends to be a type um <laughs> the name begins with k and ends with aaron yeah something like that but yeah other than that i've i've literally enjoyed doing everything for such a long time that i've just learned to kind of get my share of fun out of it to be honest it's just uh every every style and every tattoo no matter how small they are it's just a way of just challenging yourself to 
just do that a little bit better than you did it last time. So, <laughs> and coming back to that, when he said earlier, you're a bit awkward about pricing. That's I feel like that's one thing that we never really talk about on the pod or not in depth. Because, it, because it, it's yeah. a bit, it's a bit gauche. It's a bit like guess, oh, a bit, talking about money is a bit minging. Yeah, maybe. Also, I mean, it varies so not. much. If we were sitting here kind of going like, oh, I've got all this money, I've got yeah. this, I've yeah. got that, it'd be totally fucking lame. But I think when it comes to pricing work, I think that's actually like a pretty fair conversation to have, to be honest. Because I think there's such differences in different areas, different artists, different styles, and that you can't really not talk about it, really. Yeah. It comes up a lot in conversation with like other tattooers and even here in London, like all the all the other tattooers that I do hang out with, we always end up kind of like, oh, what would you charge for somewhere like that? I just don't know what to do. Yeah. And it's it's kind of universal. Like it's the same for everyone. And I think there's only like a select group of people that are really, really, really set on their prices and just always have a straight answer without having to think about it. And everyone yeah. else just kind of wants to know, kind of navigate it almost into getting the right price for the piece but then also the right price for the customer yeah so that everyone's happy but it it's, is the weird one it's so hard like I know quite a few people who ask customers when they were inquiring about getting a tattoo the the tattooers will ask what their budget is so then you can sort of work around it but then some people might come back with a really unrealistic budget and also yeah. like working in <laughs> London where I work quite regularly and I also work in really rural Suffolk the pricing is just hugely different it's insane oh, like yeah. I probably charge twice in London what I would charge in Suffolk yeah. and it's just people are so much more not like willing but I guess they just expect it more in certain shops or locations or it's just it's crazy and then like traveling around different shops and especially like different countries as well there is no rule I guess it depends on how if you ask someone for their advice like a shop manager or, or some t- or like other tattooists it depends on how they're feeling on the day and it's yeah it's so hard yeah <laughs> if, if, if yeah it is always if you're like billing yourself you're coming up with your own rates so i imagine there's also things if someone comes in and goes how much for for this you you could be swayed by you know i've got to get my car service this week so it's 400 for that you know dropping an extra 100 quid in and then getting back and suddenly you're an asshole and it's like i don't know if you are yeah but that's that's where this really annoying paradox comes in that i don't know if anyone else has it because i don't know if i've ever discussed it with anyone but this is what happens when I do it. When I need money because I need to get my car serviced or whatever, and I don't have the money sitting there, I am more inclined to charge less than I should than the actual price or more of what the tattoo should be. Because for some reason, when I have less, I always feel like it's not just me that has less. Everyone else has less as well. And I wouldn't want to make myself feel like I'm charging more just because I need it at that particular time. So I've actually noticed in myself that when I actually do need money, I actually charge less. Which is is quite annoying, but it's, I, I know I'm completely screwing myself over with that, but when it comes to it that's always how it goes you say that that you're screwing yourself over but it's actually quite a wonderful and socialist and sweet way of looking at the (laughs) world it's like oh if i haven't got as much i don't want anyone else to go without so i'll give a little bit more i think that's what what you what you might lose in finance you gain in knowing you're a good dude i guess do you quote up front or do you chant, just tell them what it's going to be on the day? Um, I am usually pretty upfront. I always give, like, a, depending on the size of the tattoo, I give a, a £50 range or a £100 range. So I'll either quote someone, like, for instance, 2 to 250 or 4 to 500 Um, 
I'm usually pretty open about how I change, how I charge and why I charge it. Um, but it's always based on the situation as well, basically. Um, but I, I tend to be pretty, pretty straight with it. Do you, I, I had recently, actually, this fucked me up a lot. I had a customer, I did some, like a, just a series of tattoos where I was just advertising them as a flat rate, like 150 pounds. This is just how much it is. These are the designs I've drawn up for this. And then somebody messaged me saying, I really love these, but can I have them twice the size and more complicated? And I said, okay, it's going to be 200 pounds because I wanted to do it but it was more complicated than what I was advertising. And she was like, okay, awesome. Booked in. I work really quick. So I did these tattoos in like an hour. She went away happy. I was happy. It was all good. And then a week later, she messaged me and she was like, can I just query the price? Because it seemed like you did that really fast. What's your hourly rate now? And I replied and I was like, I don't have an hourly rate because I am really fast. But I did also tell you the price months ago and you are still happy to book. So <laughs> I was so frustrated. She was just like, oh, well, she's just charged me £200 for an hour. And it's yeah. just stuff like that. I was so annoyed by it that I was like, that's it. I need to just, I try and be really upfront with people. I'm like, I price per piece because I'm very fast. So yeah. like people have still got this hourly rate in their head, whereas more and more tattooists are discharging a flat rate, like pricing per piece, because we're realizing that actually an hourly rate might not, not necessarily be the fairest thing for us or for the customer. Yeah. I mean, that, that can actually come out pretty bad sometimes because when I used to work in Swansea, everyone was so used to being charged by the hour. In the shop that I worked in, everyone was on the same rate. So I think I was I'd been tattooing about 10 years at that point and one of my mates that worked there um he had just come out of his apprenticeship and we were both basically working right next to each other at the same hourly rate um and I would do tattoos in an hour and a half that he would do in four and his customers be happy with the price mine wouldn't be because wow. they would just kind of look back at it and go like, well, that was this much an hour. And it's like, well, yeah, but I've got the experience to do a four-hour tattoo in an hour and a half. So if anything, you should be paying more because you don't have to sit through it for longer. <laughs> yes. So what I've charged you now <laughs> is actually less than what you should be paying. And presumably it's, it's that... a better tattoo as well because <laughs> it's someone with eight, ten, however many years' experiences doing it rather than someone with three I, or four. I mean, in... General, I would say usually that would apply. <laughs> in, in this case, the guy was really good. <laughs> he was he's a very talented guy. But um but yeah, I uh, a similar conversation I had with one customer at one point um was back before I was actually living in Swansea. I was just doing guest spots there. And I had this guy in who was getting a big piece on his chest. And before the session started, he was like, oh, we're going to finish it today. And I was like, well, it's a good six hours work. So that would have been two, three hour sessions. But I mean, if you want to have it finished today, I can work my fucking arse off, like really go in turbo mode and do it in like four, maybe five hours. But it'll be the same price. And he started arguing with me about how if I was able to do it in four hours, I should always just do it in four hours and just charge by the hourly rate. And I was like, listen, mate, if your boss tells you, can you please do twice the work in the same amount of time, but I'm only going to pay you normal wage, you're going to say no. And he just would not get it. And I heard later on that he'd been complaining about it for years. Wow. <laughs> but in the end, I did the tattoo. And just because he was a dick, I charged the maximum. <laughs> because that's yeah. a trade-off. But, you know, if I'm a nice yeah. guy. I'm always respectful to everyone. I'm always helpful. I want everyone to get a good tattoo, a good price. But if you're going to be complaining when I'm already doing you a favor, then you're, yeah. you're going to pay for it. That's it. 
I I would absolutely pay more if I knew it was going to be a quick tattoo because I hate right. getting tattoos. I hate it. I hate it every second. I hate it. Yeah. And so if I try and book in the people that I know are quick, <laughs> <laughs> if I hear someone speedy, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll book in with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. I don't like. I don't get tattooed by slow tattooers anymore. <laughs> At all. It's just I've I've gone through enough. I'm uh, I'm pretty covered. I've sat through a lot of hours, and I want those hours to go really quick now. <laughs> I just can't deal with it anymore. I can't sit for four hours and look down at a palm sized tattoo. Oh I just can't no! Do it. Yeah. Oh my god! Who's been the quickest person you've been tattooed by, if you can remember? Um, Let me just get a pen. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um I would say I've got I've I've got so many tattoos that it's hard to even think about how long each one of them took. Um I I reckon Copelinger was one of the fastest one. He smashed up my elbow in about 40 minutes and it's it's a it's a decent size. Um that's what you that, want on an elbow as well. Yeah, and that included drawing it on and setting up. Um, so I think the actual tattoo maybe took like 25 minutes. Wow. Could you say their name again? Because it went a bit wobbly. So Chad Copelinger. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. What a great person uh, to get tattooed by as well. Sorry? What a great person to get tattooed by as well. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Another guy that's fast is Luca that I work with. Awesome. He, uh, <laughs> he did my uh, my full back piece, including my arse, in about 30 hours. Wow. And it's full Japanese, solid. There's no like skin gaps or anything. Everything's covered. Holy shit. So, he's quick and he's good. Awesome. And he actually doesn't hurt as much as most other tattooers. So I'm kind of sticking with him at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) I've just got a quick question on pricing. So just from a customer point of view, Mm -hmm. I guess the question or the time to ask questions is before you, before you put your deposit down, right? Ask your questions, get your price or get your price range at least sorted. Make sure you're happy with it at that point. Don't come into the shop when the drawings already happened and get your ass out then and fucking moan about it then because that's just not how it pretty works, much. Right? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty upfront about it. Even if people don't ask, um, when I message them about, I like your idea. This is what we can do with it. Um, I already give them a range. Even if they haven't asked, I give them a range. Um, if it's um, large work that takes more than one session, I only charge per session. Um, they can choose whether their stamina is three hours or four hours. I don't do any shorter or any longer. Um, if someone wants to get multiple smaller pieces, I'll do a full day, but never on one piece. Mm-hmm. But I always tell them up front, this is what the cost is going to be. And that's always before I even give them any deposit information. I think that's always worked pretty well. I like it when people have like clear guidelines about how they work. Like yeah, this is totally. exactly. I, I do it's like this is seventeen years of experience that has got you to this point, and and that's how it is. Yeah, like everything you've just said has come from clearly come from experience, and it all makes a lot of sense. It works for me, so <laughs> I, I just found a way that works for me, and I I stick to it basically. And this. This podcast is so good. It's like, you know, like the best parts about doing guest spots are where you go and learn from other people. I'm constantly making notes about, and I've made so many changes to my working practice just from talking to all these like really cool people. <laughs> I'm really changing my complete work style now tomorrow, from tomorrow. First of all, I'm going to be in work at 7 a.m. <laughs> Thanks. And uh... <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> It, um, it yeah. really works though. Like I, I really feel like you're able to do so much more in the time that you have when you do it in the morning. 
Yeah. First of all, you've got the pressure of having to have it finished at a specific time. So you've got no time to procrastinate. You've got no time to, to kind of just linger on a drawing and not get on with it. Yeah. Which is exactly what happens when I try and do it in the evening. Because you can always I'll still end up doing it in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always distracted. I'll have the TV on the background or the cat will come and punch me or something. And But thinking about it, when I have a gaff at work or I've just finished something quicker and I've got time to do some drawing, I always smash through the drawing when I'm sitting there so yeah. much quicker than at home. And then it's awesome. It's awesome to know that I've done it there as well. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you've got like a gap in the middle of the day for whatever reason and you're at work, but you're sort of stuck at work and you're like, man, like I'm totally wasting it I could have done a tattoo or done my hoovering or something like that (laughs) that's that's the benefit of being in a private studio because I would have finished all my drawings for the day before my first customer at 11 o'clock so if I finish earlier and I've got a longer break in the middle I do something not work related again because I don't have to think about work until the next morning again Awesome. So I'll just go out for like a sit down lunch on my own or like go for a walk, go back to the flat, see my cat for a bit. It's just random shit like that. <laughs> um, tell us about your cat, please. Uh, my cat is small, white and fluffy. It's called <laughs> Lucifer. Lucifer, nice. that's a great name. Nice. He's uh he's a little bit of an arsehole in his own way, but he is the they're the, they're the best ones. cuddliest little thing ever. Oh, he's the best. Um, I've got Elvis, my cat, sitting next to me, licking his bum at the moment. Let me show you. There he is. Oh, little Elvis. white paws. Yeah, Elvis, look. He's like, no, I will not. <laughs> I'm, just keep uh, I'm on the balls, mate. I'm looking up for anyone. Elvis. <laughs> he's human (laughs) and get get back to his gonads yeah the look of disdain he's giving me now (laughs) (laughs) but like Elvis is a bit of a celebrity on the pod because normally he comes and like fuck shit up as soon as we start recording and start smashing things but pretty occupied today yeah with his balls (laughs) yep Um, there's one question we ask everybody that comes on the pod, and that is, if you were on a desert island, which three tattooers would you want to be on there with, for whatever reason? That's stranded on a desert island as well. You're stranded not on a desert island, not You're just not... there for lols. Cool. I mean, that's a good question. I'd, I'd have to just pick three of my best mates, because what else are we going to do? So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that would be my mate Jenks. Uh, my mate from Swansea, Jordan, obviously. Um, who else? I mean, I'd probably pick Luca because we'd all want to get tattooed as well. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. you're going to get, are you going to get evicted if you didn't pick him? <laughs> nah, it's not likely. We'll find out. <laughs> are you saying it's not going to listen? <laughs> I'm gonna if we get him on, he I'm gonna might, tell he him. Might he might, he might not. He'll probably have a listen when I tell him to get on it himself. <laughs> so then he'll know that I'll put him to work on a desert island when all he'd want to do with the rest of us is just sit down and drink margaritas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I was just gonna say something else tattoo related and i can't remember what it great presenting lucy awesome presenting really good <laughs> do you want me to ask a question what do you think yeah sorry Wait. it's just gone totally up my... okay. you no just wait. just wait just wait and ask me a question have you got a really <laughs> again don't know what i was doing there. um so <laughs> so you, while you've got your your own little space are you are you finding that is that so that's what you want to do now you don't want to go go traveling, go do guest spots, or are you still doing stuff like that? Um, I do still do a bit of traveling. Um, but for the most part, I just, I, I like the space that I've got, and I like just spending my time here. Um, 
Yeah, it, it does get a little bit lonely sometimes being in a private studio. Now, I do work with Luca, but we've got a room each opposite each other. He's usually working on back pieces, so his door's usually closed. Um, so for the most part, my interactions with other tattooers is just him. And it's either in the morning before we start or we go for lunch in between tattoos or we hang out after for a bit. Um, I have missed it a bit to be in a busy studio because before here I was at Black Garden and that was like a small shop with 11 tattooers, yeah. wow. six workstations. Um, so there was loads of interaction. There was always stuff going on. It was always tons of fun. The team was absolutely great. Just like the nicest group of people put together. Everyone's always super helpful and friendly and chilled out. So that was that was always really nice. Um, so I guess for that reason, I do the old guest spot just to kind of be in that kind of environment. Um, but I, I try and get some people to come over here every now and then and spend a week here, maybe like a week, a month or something. Um, just to kind of switch it up a bit. Yeah. For the most for the most part, I I do actually I would say I prefer having my own studio like the, this. There's bits that you it's miss just, and bits you don't miss. Yeah, I think the bits that I miss is mostly like interactions and like mm. being able to talk about what you're doing that day and get like people kind of chiming in saying like, oh maybe I would do so and so this or that and then you kind of you always take like little ideas and little bits of inspiration from that as well um so that's definitely something i miss a little bit other than that private's better <laughs> <laughs> it seems that just so many people are moving into a private studio now there must be i mean it, it does sound pretty appealing yeah i mean it's it's i, I think the cost of it as well in the end if you look at what you're paying to a shop in a percentage and what your what your cost is when you have your own studio, apart from having the, the added responsibilities and having to really take care of everything yourself, um, there's definitely a benefit to that as well. So, for instance, I can work a lot less than I did working for someone else and still make the same money in the end. Yeah. So it's there's a trade-off. I suppose it's the quickest way to all, to autonomy as well, isn't it? Like you can always, I feel like a lot of people, in, in my experience of people I know is it's, they leave a shop to own their own and then they have to worry about all of that other stuff about yeah. getting yep. artists, looking after them, making sure that all the stuff is there and all of that, all of that admin noise that no one really wants to do, but. You have yeah, to do yeah. it if, you, if, you're, if you're responsible for other people and, and also the safety of their customers, you have to do it. So I think that yeah. the way you, you've done it, it seems like a, a very efficient way to be in being your own boss of absolutely your own time as well. Absolutely. And it's, it's definitely liberating. It's really nice. Like the amount of time I have to myself now is a lot more than when I was working in a studio. Um, but to be fair, I would love to own a studio and have people working there as well. It's uh, it's one of those things that at some point in time that's going to happen, but when it will be, where it will be, is all up in the air, really. What sort of building is it that your private studio is in? Um, so it's a it's a commercial building, but it used to be it used to be a normal terraced house, basically. Oh, wow. Um, there's a business on the ground floor and where we are, the upstairs used to be a two bed flat. Um, Luca converted it into a studio because it was already rented out as being commercial, mm -hmm. but he just took the shower out of the bathroom, for instance. And other than that, there's just a couple rooms and it's all very, very chilled out. I have some friends who have a private studio in Barry, and they have a shower in their bathroom. And uh, <laughs> I think that must be so practical. Like, if you're going to go straight out after work, you could just have a quick shower. Yeah, well, but I also like the first I one in. I was like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I know another shop in Ipswich, and they've got a bathtub. That's a bit much, that, isn't it? 
especially could if you if you had a smelly client you could just say yeah so we always ask people to just have a quick bath before they before they get tattooed so there's that's time. a bit like belle de jour like yeah we won't, uh, be, we won't be watching <laughs> i mean my my trick is just to put some deodorant on myself and i go do you want some yeah. <laughs> that's a good one just, yeah it's like when someone smelly breath you, you would have a piece of gum yourself and go like do you want one as well yeah you won't go like oh your breath stinks have a Again. Have the whole packet. Do you just keep that? Yeah. You need it more than me. Think cold. Um, I think it's Lou actually who sends out um like an FAQ prior to an appointment. Is like, please make sure you wash and wash your clothes and wear deodorant before your appointment. Otherwise, you'll be. I don't think she says you'll be turned away, but it's, it's obviously it's from, like uh, it's from compulsory e- from experience. Though, isn't yeah. It? I don't know why I, I just thought of this, but where I grew up, there's a bloke who's got bad breath and his nickname is Shit Lips, and it always makes me laugh. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah, Shit Lips. What an how'd, you, how'd you get that nickname? <laughs> I don't know. Throwing <laughs> over his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like the kindest thing to do is to tell this person that they oh, know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know him. You don't, oh, yeah, it's not that I'm going, oh, look, there's Shit Lips, Shit Lips, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. You think rather than telling everyone his name's shit lips, you should probably just, I don't know. Yeah. Give him some Listerine. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, if if one of my mates had body odor or foul breath, I would just, in the kindest possible way, tell them that that's the case. Put it on a T-shirt. I think it's it's nicer to hear that once and be able to do something about it than to have have a reputation. Yeah. Yeah. And or a nickname like that, shit lips. Shit lips, yeah. <laughs> or that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, on that note, it's it's been so lovely to have you on. Thank you so much for for giving us your time, especially when you've worked so late already. Yeah, thanks, um, mate. Yeah, no worries. I Happy hope it's not been too crap. And uh, <laughs> sorry about all the willy talk at the beginning. Yeah, got off to a bad start, but I think we rescued it later. <laughs> I think yeah. we saved it with the cat licking his paws. Yeah. Still still <laughs> genital based, but it's fine. It's a highlight. <laughs> Cheers, mate. That, um, was, that was loads yeah. of fun. It's been great. Thank no you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. No You're so welcome. See you soon. Yeah. Right. Take care now. Thank yeah. you. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye.